Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Carrie Heaps, and she's in Florida in the United States. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Chantal. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and with your listening audience today. I'm really happy to have you with us. So thank you for accepting my invitation, too. So just to help our listeners a little bit, uh, what's your work? What's your business? So they get to know you a little bit more. Sure. Well, my business currently, I own Pageant Platform Magazine and Podcast. Um, so it's a online magazine and online podcast where we help um, women and, and girls who are in pageantry build their platform uh, during pageantry and what they can do to exit the pageant industry, uh, building up a strong platform to start a new business or a new career for that next phase after pageantry. Uh, and prior to that, I'm actually a, a marketing expert. I had a marketing magazine and podcast for a very long time called Strictly uh, Marketing, Strictly Marketing Magazine. And um, I helped business owners, you know, with their marketing, we cover topics, everything from social media to advertising to public relations. And I started, June will be 14 years that I've had my business. Wow. Congrats. Yeah, That's thank a you. great milestone. It is. And it's so funny because it really ties into what I'm doing now. 14 years ago, when I looked at starting my own business, um, I was actually working in the staffing industry, uh, working a split desk and yeah. you know, going out there, finding job orders, and then, you know, coming back and helping the recruiters fill them, you know, for IT accounting and clerical work. And uh, I decided to embark and on the entrepreneurial journey. And I actually started to, you know, do image consulting, be back in the modeling industry and pageant okay. industry. And of course, as luck would have it, and as we all know, entrepreneurship is never a straight line. It's um, never. You're so right. No, no, it's not. Well, you know, it's funny because I worked part-time for a year leading up to that to save money to start my business. And, you know, I had also done a lot of networking, attended a lot of different trade shows, you know, for my job. And I was very, I found I had a knack for connecting people. Okay. And I started doing networking events uh, when I first start when I left my biz when I left my job and started my business. Uh, that's kind of how I got into the marketing stuff. I sort of fell into that because I had so many people saying to me, "We're starting a new networking chapter in this area. Will you come and help us get it started?" And I thought, you know, a lot of time and effort goes into this. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it for myself. So I started, <laughs> you know, getting people together. Yeah, at a local bookstore cafe uh, in the mornings, and then I started another one at lunch and then another one at breakfast and then you know so I started doing all these different networking events and I thought well I'm going to do this until my image consulting business takes off and I was doing so well everything just kind of went on the back burner for oh. consulting and pageantry and I started having people ask me will you help me with my sales and marketing strategy so it started to turn into other things I started doing trade shows uh, trainings I started teaching I was doing a lot of public speaking at the time on the topic Wow! and it just went on the back burner and what has actually changed things because I started pageant platform a year ago what changed it for me is I went through a life-changing experience I my mother had open-heart surgery in 2000 
2016. Okay. And she was in the hospital. She, uh, I had just come back from a business trip from Vegas and I had to have a root canal done. And the dentist put me on antibiotics. So when I was going in to visit with my mother, we didn't realize it, but she had a bad bacterial infection. Oh. And I actually got the infection from her. So I was in and out of the hospital three different times in 2016. And the last time that I was there, uh, because it was a pretty bad infection, it was something that if you don't get rid of it, it's going to kill you. Okay. So I, last time I was in the hospital, it was right after Thanksgiving, and I was laying there in the hospital bed, and I was thinking, what am I doing? You know, I'm like, I was sitting there thinking about my business, thinking about the next episode of the, or issue of the magazine. And I was like, you know, I, every time, you know, I had an opportunity to work on pageantry or to do anything, you know, in the beauty industry or modeling, I, I just loved it. And I thought, this is what I'm really truly passionate about. This is why I started my business. What am I doing? Because I thought, you know, life is too short. I'm sitting here in the hospital with something that could kill me. So I was like, you know what? After I got out of the hospital, after I had a procedure done to get rid of my infection, um, I told everybody that was contributing writers for the magazine, I said, we're stopping production and I wish you well, but I'm doing something different. And I launched Pageant Platform uh, in 2017. And so you uh, went back to your biggest, I went back to what I was supposed to be doing. And like <laughs> I said, it just, but it, it's actually been to my benefit because everything that I do with marketing, I've been able to help all of these women who are competing in pageants and oh, absolutely. All, my, my in-depth experience in publishing, I was able to launch that magazine so quickly and, ha and see a huge growth spurt and something that I could handle. And uh, I haven't looked back since. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful change. Wow, that's amazing. What a, it's a varied path, but you were true to your heart. So you just exactly. went to what made you click the most. And listening to you right now, I know I do have my own opinion about it, but I still need to ask you, would you sure. still consider yourself shy or outspoken? It's funny that you asked that because at one point in time in my life, I was extremely shy. Okay. And when I tell, because I'm actually very outspoken, as you can tell, I love to talk. I will talk to strangers. I go <laughs> on the airport and start talking to them. I mean, it's just, I'm very outspoken and very, um, yeah, just uh, bubbly, want to talk to everybody, want to help everybody. But there was a time when I was in high school, I was actually very shy. I wouldn't talk okay. to anybody. And what got me out of my shell was going into the modeling industry. When I entered college, I was considered a late bloomer with my looks. Okay. And uh, I had a lot of people tell me, gosh, you should be a model. Have you ever thought about it? And it piqued my curiosity so much, but I wouldn't tell anybody. I, what I wound up doing is I drove two hours away from where I lived and I took <laughs> modeling classes. I got a modeling agent and it just, I call it the peacock effect. And that's why I'm so passionate about pageantry because I, I see what it does and I know what it can do for women. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're not comfortable with yourself, you're, you got a problem. Yeah. And it's so difficult to it is. just communicate in a basic way in mm -hmm. everyday life. And that's the, the other side of what you do that not enough people know about because yeah, it yeah. will make a whole lot of difference for women that are, that start out very shy, but they, they're not as self-conscious. They become confident in themselves instead. 
Well, people think they'll they'll say you must have been a cheerleader when you were in high school. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I twirled. I was in band and I twirled the flag, but I barely spoke to anybody because I just I was just so shy and had such low self esteem and low confidence. And you know, but things changed for me when I got out of high school and went to college. And and uh, yeah, it just completely complete change for me. So. And when did you actually do your first public speaking engagement? Uh, first one that I did, I would say, um, was probably back in 2004. I was, I had just started my business and or actually, I'm sorry, 2005. So I just started my business. And like I said, I kind of fell into the marketing, was doing networking events. So, uh, I was already presenting to a small group of people. Okay. And then I started getting people asking me, will you come and talk at this event? Like I, I think I went and I talked to a, a division of NAFAR, which is the, like the national real estate association, a local group of realtors about networking and how to do it effectively. Okay. So I was presenting to, I think probably about 80 people. It was a morning event. And I just, I thought, wow, there's a lot of people here. And <laughs> I thought, ah, it's okay. You know, that's, I can handle it. But I wasn't thinking of, gosh, I don't know if I can present in front of these people. I was thinking, gosh, I hope they can all hear me because I didn't have a microphone. Oh, um, they had bad. me in a, in a, you know, kind of like a conference room that sort of had that theater style setting, you know, the step yeah. up. You know? And I, you know, as soon as the lady introduced me, I, they clapped, I got up and, I had my little notes, but I was so passionate about networking anyway and about, you know, you need to go out there. You, you need to make connections. This is how you do it. And you're realtors and this is what you should be saying. And, you know, and I just, I just went off on a tangent and just started talking and <laughs> logistically, I just had a ball at it. I loved it. So it was a good experience finally, even if, it, even though it was the first one. Yes. Absolutely. The only feedback that I got, and I didn't, you know, I thought, wow, thank you for telling me this. It was one of the ladies who came up to me afterwards. She said, you did really well. She said, I just want you to know. And she said, a lot of people make this mistake. She said, you said realtor. And she said, it's realtor. Oh, and she said, it's just okay. like, there's a doctor or a uh, you know, they said, it's just the way that people pronounce it. It's realtor. So ever since then, I'm like, when I talk about uh, real estate agents, it's realtor, you know, it's like, I make sure that I make that designation because somebody <laughs> took the time to come up and correct me afterwards, which I really appreciated. It was feedback that I needed because I didn't know that. And, and you apparently know there's a lot of people that come and speak to that industry that don't know that make the same mistake and people get aggravated. It's so. possible. And I also have the feeling being a, a native French speaker, mm -hmm. usually when I talk to people in the States, I realize, Ooh, there are so many ways to pronounce the words. So I'm even wondering if you would have somewhere, someone else saying that, Oh, you pronounce it the right way the first time. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's interesting um, because I've actually, and I think I mentioned this to you, it's like I've been, you know, on a vengeance to learn French. And it's like I start picking up the classes and then I quit to, you know, I get busy and I'm like, I have to. I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I have to religiously every day spend at least an hour on it because it's, you know, it's just like I took Spanish when I was in high school, but I remember one phrase and it's no un toca disco, which means not the record player. I don't even think they make record players anymore. So that doesn't <laughs> even help <laughs> So if you don't speak it every day, but you're right. And, and that's something I think, especially with public speaking, you have to be aware of. I have my yes. first international speaking engagement booked for next year and I'm coming to Toronto. So I, you know, it, those are just little things that I think people really need to 
uh, be aware of, you know, even like the spellings of the words that are, that could be on your PowerPoint, you know, when you're in different regions, different parts of the country or another country, you need to be aware of stuff like that. We need to adapt. Yeah. And with all the experiences you had so far, do you have one that you found that was particularly challenging? We can say bad experience, but I like to say challenging also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, because I, you know, again, when I first started my business, I was doing a lot of public speaking and I was also doing a lot of workshops and, you know, teaching. I I taught at a place called the knowledge shop, which is kind of like the learning annex, which I think there's more people that that are familiar with that type of setup. So uh, probably the most challenging experience I had, I was teaching a class. And what happened was when I, when I went to teach at the knowledge shop, um, they told me they they had me fill in for somebody that they had let go. So I had to take over someone else's curriculum. Okay. Okay. And that, and that happens in speaking too, where something happens, the speaker does not, can't come or something happens at the last minute and you might be called to, you know, to come and, this is what they're supposed to be learning. Can you do it? And most people (laughs) say yes. So of course I jumped at that chance. I was like, yeah, I would love to, you know, be able to do this. And these were actually on makeup, you know, things that had to do with fashion and beauty. So I was, I jumped at it and I had a class that it was just all around. It was, it was challenging. I mean, the day of the class, the weather was really bad. So I was running late. Oh, okay. so I actually had to show up five minutes late for the class, which I hate to do. I, I like to already be there before That's everybody right. shows up. And it was just, everybody seemed to be in, I don't know if it was a full moon that day, but everybody <laughs> just seemed to be in a really, really bad mood. Um, oh, that doesn't so start well. <laughs> it never starts well like that. And the class that I had, and I think it was some type of, uh, special that they were doing and everybody that was there, it was, it was kind of like a, it seemed that everybody in the room was, you know, you know, they were older than me and I, I look very young, which, uh, you know, people on your show can't see me, but I don't look my age. And even when I was younger, I looked even younger, you know? So the class that I had was, it was kind of like an advanced technique class, which I could still teach, but me coming in late, they take one look at me and there's like an instant. Oh, wow. Okay. No, and I think everybody who does public speaking has experienced this at, at one point. You can kind of tell how the audience is probably going to react to you. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a tough class. Because I could already see the arms folding over and the, oh, the body boy. language of people, you know, going back in their chair. And so I thought, well, you know, one of the things, when I see that happening, I thought, it usually helps if I disclose how old I am, which I think at the time I was 30, which still didn't really do anything. It just didn't. Oh, do we did not help. That's not good. So, um, I thought, well, you know, I thought, well, usually once I get talking and they see that I know what I'm talking about, it, it changes their body language kind of gets out of that defensive mode. And it was still just, everybody was, it was just, you know, you could just see the tension building, you know, for whatever reason. And, and I think it really centered around, you know, I had two people in the middle of the room who were, I guess they knew each other. They were both having a bad day and that had an, because I was running late, that had an opportunity to spread, Okay, you know, the mood spread. And it got to the point where at the end of the class, I even had one of them. She, I, I always ask, you know, we do a question and answer session, you know, and she was just, livid. And so do you mean to tell me when I do things this way, I should be doing it? And and just her tone. And it was just, it was just one of those things I thought, 
this is a bad class. I just need to get it over as quickly as possible and move on to the next one. Cause there was nothing I could do to save it. And I think in public speaking, say, we all yeah. have that, you know, we Did have you say to say that was your learning moment that, okay, I just need to let go. Yeah. You get to that point because you think I can save it. I can turn these people around and I, the harder I tried, the worse it got. Okay. So, so it's one of those that you just, whatever you do, it wouldn't have mattered. Coming no. out of there. Nope. <laughs> well, I guess the listeners will realize it will happen at least once that you realize, oh, geez, this is not going well. And whatever you do, it just won't get better. No. And as they will also realize, you're still alive to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, there's certain things, you know, in public speaking that we can do to prevent that. I mean, I clearly, like I'm a big planner. I try to plan everything as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, I try to plan, you know, I do research on my audience. Um, you know, so if I know that I'm going to be speaking to a group of female millennials, you know, what are some good things that I need to do or should know about in behavior and, you know, just so it goes, you know, you can do everything that you can do. You can only do what you can do, but doing everything that you can to prepare for that, um, you know, have backups, you know, but there's still going to be times that it's not going to matter. Exactly. It's just not going to matter. And you're so right. But even though we do have those bad experiences at times, I would like to know what's your greatest memory? What's your greatest experience you've had and why? Um, I'd have to say probably a recent speaking engagement that I did with WWETT, which is the Wastewater and Environmental Treatment Show. Uh, they do it every year in Indianapolis. Uh, it's the largest trade show um, in that industry. And okay. I had applied to speak there. And when they had contacted me, because, you know, usually with a lot of these trade shows, they book you, you know, like I'm getting booked now for next year. That's right. They book in advance. So um, when they originally reached out to me, I wanted to go and speak about, you know, getting featured in the media, you know, the marketing side of things, because I really felt that they would benefit from that. And they had contacted me and said, we would, this is what we want you to come. We looked at your background. We looked at, you know, cause I'm the daughter of a contractor. My father was an electrician for many years, had his own business. So I, I knew I could speak to the industry. Right. And the lady asked me, she said, listen, she said, we have a very, uh, we have about 300 women that come to this show. It's predominantly male. What we really want you to come and talk about is about being competing in a male-dominated industry. Ooh, that's you know, interesting. We, yeah. So they said, we feel like with your background, do you think that's something? And I said, absolutely. I already knew what, you know, some of the things that I had in my head about what I could talk about. So I said, sure. So I put something together. It was more or less kind of like a specialty thing that I had. It was my actual first real, what I would say my mo first motivational speech has been. Okay. Uh, because everything else has been topic, you know, uh, topic. Yes. So I was very excited about it. And, uh, it was a breakout session. It wasn't a keynote. It was a breakout session. So what kind of surprised me too, when I got there, we had probably about 10 men that came to my uh, Ooh, topic, my speech. And I didn't think I'd have any. So um, one of the things that I like to do when I go out and speak is I, if I have the opportunity to mingle with the guests, mingle with some of the people that just registered, just sat down, introduce myself, let them know I'm talking. Hey, why'd That's you sign right. up for this? Just out of curiosity, was there something in particular you wanted to learn? Because sometimes I wind up changing my speech a little bit or I make notes and I make sure that I cover a topic that they wanted to hear. 
Um, and a lot of the men that were there were actually, they're like, we just want to be more supportive. We want to see more women come into this industry. Is there something that we could do to make nice. that easier? So I, I did my speech. It was an hour long and it could not have gone better. I mean, it was just absolutely awesome. It was my first time, like I said, doing something on more of the motivational side. I got, they let me look at my review forms after it was done and I got really good reviews and everybody good just loved you. it. So it was just such a great experience. And it was something that was new for me. But I would also say people who are in public speaking, I think I see a lot of speakers, and I don't know if you're like this. And I think if, if people are like this, it's okay. But I see a lot of speakers who I speak on this topic, this topic, and this topic. And I don't stray from that at all. You know, they're just, <laughs> that, that's all they're going to do. And one thing that that experience has taught me is that I'm like, hey, I'd like to do more of that. I like that motivation. That's really neat. And, but had I not stepped outside my comfort zone, I had to do a new presentation, create the PowerPoint for it, practice it. You know, I had to go through all of the motions that we all have to go through, but had I not done that, I wouldn't have had that experience. I would have totally missed out on it. And you also did something very valuable Mm. that so many speakers forget about is, you know, mingle with people coming in the room, get to talk to them, get to see what they're thinking, what they're here for. And that is very valuable because you adapting and making mental notes that, oh, okay, maybe I'll switch little thing that I want to talk about is making your talk more valuable for them. So that is very important. And that's probably why you also get rave reviews because people had the feeling that you were there for them. Well, I always try to put myself in the audience shoes as well, because I mean, and you probably have been to these types of speeches too, where you go in, you're excited to hear this person speak. And, but it's like, you feel like you want to come up and ask them a question or, and you just don't feel like they're approachable, Mm -hmm. you know? And to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I want to be, I look at speaking. It's a privilege. It's a servant leadership position, whether people want to admit that. And it's partially entertainment too, because we have to entertain these people for Mm -hmm. an hour, six hours, five, whatever it is. So you better be on top of your game. Um, And like I said, I see some speakers who are willing to adapt and I see others who are not. And like I said, I think it's personal preference, whatever you want to do, but I actually learned that technique from a book that I read. Uh, it was it was an old public speaking book, and I don't remember the name of it. But that's what they said. If you can go out there and do that, even if you just spent five minutes and you met 10 people, you know, it's going to give you a good idea of, you know, how the day is going at the show. Yes. You know, it, it, and two, I had a gentleman who actually showed up. I had titled my speech, I called it Watering the Seeds of Change because it was a wastewater show. And, you know, I just wanted to, and I was glad that I talked to him because he actually thought the show was about, you know, watering seeds, like, and like a different technique. So he's like, I'm glad you told me that. And he got up and he left. So, you know, that saved him some time too. So um, it really it can kind of give you a good idea. And, and two, sometimes the meeting planners, they'll take what we write and they'll sort of rewrite it a little bit. Oh, for, that too. It's and that happens. And sometimes it can change the whole dynamic of your speech. So getting an idea of what people are, are coming to hear or what they're wanting to learn can kind of tell you if that happened, you know, and <laughs> oh, yeah. you can kind of head off that disaster a little bit, but it's, that's a technique I always do. And, and it, 
again, I add it to my list of things to do to ensure that everything goes smoothly and successfully because you never know what's going to come up. Absolutely. And okay, this will be interesting, especially with your background. I always say we're women. We're always a little bit self-conscious. What should I be wearing? Everything. What would be your one wardrobe tip to women that want to do public speaking? Um, my tip is, and I, even with my background, because I'm everything that I'm certified to do with color and, and helping people dress for their yeah. body type, you know, two things. I think you need to, one wardrobe tip would be this, um, get something that you feel comfortable wearing, that you feel confident in on stage. It doesn't need to be a suit. When I spoke at the wastewater treatment show, I had a dress that was kind of like a, a suede type material. Okay. And it was a, a camel tan color. And it was a good color, you know, to wear uh, for the type of show that we were doing. Cause I wanted to be approachable, knowledgeable, yet approachable. Yes. Um, but, and I had, you know, matching boots that went with it and some accessories, some, you know, so I, I looked very, I actually got a lot of compliments on how nice I looked. So it wasn't something that I got dressed up in a business suit to do. Um, so wear something that you, you really feel comfortable in, comfortable and confident in. And the second wardrobe tip I would say is bring a backup outfit. Because Ooh, nice. sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes if something happens where you pull your dress out or you go to iron it in the hotel room and you get, you know, something happens with the iron and maybe your, your dress gets burned, Ooh. have a backup. Have That's a, backup. a very valuable one. And I don't think many people think about it, but it's... They don't. Something... If they lose your luggage, if your luggage get, gets lost. <laughs> that too. Happens. Yeah. Oh, not good. And finally, Carrie, um, what would be your one tip that would help empower women to take this stage more confidently? You know, I put a lot of thought into this question because I thought, oh my gosh, it's, there's just so many things that I want to say. But I, <laughs> what I would say, and it kind of piggies back off of what we just talked about, you know, people, I think we as women, we're self-conscious about our image, about, because I got to a point where I was like, oh, you know, I want to lose another 20 pounds before I get back on the stage. And, and I was finding that that wasn't happening. And I, I had all these opportunities passing by me. And I'm like, you know what, when people hear you speak, if you are truly an expert and you're passionate about what you do, The first five or 10 minutes, people are looking, you know, at you. But once they start hearing what you have to say, they mm -hmm. hear the passion in your voice. They know you know what you're talking about. Then only your words matter. So right. don't wait to do it. Don't, don't sit here and think, you know, I have to look perfect. I have to nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's never a perfect time to do anything. <laughs> Public speaking is definitely one of those opportunities. So get out there and do it now. Start applying. Start putting your information out there. Tell people you're available to come and speak. Get out there. And all of the other details will fall into place. It's just like when I left to go to Indianapolis, I was very, I had a lot of water retention. I had, because I was so stressed out about some other things that were going on in my life. And I did buy a new outfit to, to go, but I will tell you the morning that I, I got ready and it was time to go down to go and speak, you know, go over to the convention center. I took a selfie and I did put it on Facebook. And even now that I go back and I look, I thought, wow, everything really fell into place. I looked great, you know, <laughs> and like I said, the, the engagement could not have gone better. So, you know, what I would say, my one tip would be is just do it, get out there, start putting yourself out there. Oh, There's yeah. no, you, you just have to start. 
If you don't start, nothing's going to happen. Really smart words because you're right. It's not, it will never be a perfect moment. And even if it seems to be a perfect moment, you might have some hiccups going through the process that will make it a less than perfect uh, event. So whatever happens, it's just doing it. It's practicing. Mm -hmm. It's getting out there and being heard, like you said, speaking your voice. And I like the word passion that you used a lot because when we're passionate, we trigger emotions in people and that's what makes us memorable. We do. And that was actually one of the comments I got on my feedback forum is that, you know, it's so nice to see somebody who is so passionate and uplifting and motivating about what she's talking about. So it does come through. And like I said, you know, people think, oh, they're looking at, you know, uh, my belly or they're looking at my arms or they're looking at my, you know, (laughs) and really the only person that's concerned about that is you. True. People are focusing on your words. You know, again, if there's, if you're prepared, if you're passionate about what you do, if you're knowledgeable about what you do, the more you talk, the more they realize they they get into what you're saying and, you know, and the more audience involvement that you can do. But again, that just, that comes with being passionate about it. So just that would be my one tip is just, you've got to get started. Don't sit here and wait. Oh, wow. That was a wonderful conversation, Carrie. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure all the people listening to the podcast will realize how much they can accomplish because you've done so much. You shared also very valuable information with them. And we'll be posting your links underneath the podcast player so they'll be able to reach out to you and make sure they find you online. And I thank you very much for your time and all the precious information you shared with me today. Well, thank you, Chantel. I just appreciate the opportunity and I just feel so honored to be here with you and with your audience today. Thank you, Carrie, again. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 